A year later, the underground exploded into the mainstream with the release of Cannibal Holocaust, whose stunning panoramas and memorable score mysteriously belied the savagery of its content. Cannibal Holocaust falls into the category of a movie that's so low budget you kind of believe it's real. And then you look at the people they use, and they use real cannibals and like jungle savages when they film this. You think, what monster made this movie? The courts accused me of really killing and torturing people. The court wanted to see the film with me, so they took me to a special room. Immediately from the judge's reaction, because he grimaced every time he saw a shocking scene, I could see that I would be convicted. The film opened in Italy on the 8th of February 1980 and caused uproar. It appeared to show documentary footage where people were beheaded, castrated and eaten by cannibals. It resulted in it being banned in Italy and Britain. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Stage past. Welcome to Prattle World. I'm your host, the ever amazing, ever spectacular Spider Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Backstage Past, where we explore the detailed history of entertainment's most troubled productions. And happy 2023. We're in the future now. We're recording in the past hours prior to the changing. I have quite a way to start off the new year. We are talking about possibly, in a, in a format and bringing back, uh, Backstage Past, as you've just heard. Uh, we're going to be talking about one of the most controversial films ever made and it is still very controversial and a hard watch we're looking at cannibal holocaust and we've chosen to do this as Ruggiero Diodata the director has just recently passed away unfortunately so we thought now is the best time to look at this controversial film and I'm gonna now pass it over to the man himself to the master of the video nasties it's Dennis Whittle well, hello there. Mm, video nasty indeed. Mm, you've, so, been, you've been dying to talk about video nasties. Yeah, I, I think before we talk about Cannibal Holocaust, we just need to do a very brief kind of overview of what video nasties are. Because as though Cannibal Holocaust had cinematic releases throughout the world, it did not in the UK. It was released straight to video, meaning that anybody with a video player could watch it. At the time, in the early 80s, video wasn't put in front of the BBFC. So anything could basically get put on video. So during the 80s, there was this massive outcry about video nasties. And the two movies that kind of launched the video nasties were Driller Killer and Cannibal Holocaust. Now, the Driller Killer one was because they did a massive page in the trade times with the front cover of a drill going into someone's head. And the Cannibal Holocaust one was um, a stunt 
by the video releases a, a distributor, sorry, who actually um, wrote a letter to Mary Whitehouse complaining about their own film, <laughs> which kind of backfires a little bit. Basically, there were 72 films added to the obscenity, Video Obscenity Act of the 1950-something. Now, these were film, films that were deemed to be obscene, of too violent for the general public. Now, this act was brought in mainly for erotic films, not horror movies and things like that. So what you ended up having was people being prosecuted, you know, average Joes down at the, the local, you know, corner shop, being prosecuted and, and, and given sentences on a legislation that didn't really cover these sort of movies. State, section 1 and Section 2. So Section 1 um, was 39 movies, and these were the ones that you could be prosecuted and sent to prison for. Section 2 were the ones that the police would just take off you and basically destroy them. Obviously, kind of the Holocaust is in Section 1. <laughs> well, big surprise there. <laughs> um, you can understand a little bit about the video nasty kind of outcry, but when you dive a little bit deeper into it and you find out that the main MP behind it, all, behind it all never, ever watched a video nasty, Mary Whitehouse never watched a video nasty. When they went into schools and stuff to ask kids whether they'd seen a video nasty, they said yes. But then when the um, people producing the movies went in and asked them, said, have you seen you know, Santa's big axe? They'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really good, this and the other didn't exist. So it was all built on lies. And the legislation itself, um, because somebody forgot to add something in, meant it was discovered in um, the early two, I think it was 2001, that it wasn't worth the paper it was written on because they hadn't properly looked at it. They rushed it through. Yeah, of course. But most of the movies now are readily available with little or no cuts. Through, when, when the legislation started to kind of get a little bit more relaxed, like you had like the 18R, which again were erotic movies, a few other movies started to come out, a few other distributors started to put the movies in front of the BBFC, doing little, little tiny cuts here, little tiny cuts there. And Cannibal Holocaust was released in, in 2001 with five minutes and 44 seconds cut out of it. It was then re-released again in 2011 with 15 seconds cut out of it. It has now come out quite recently completely uncut. And this was a, a film that at the time was banned because it would have made you go out and commit atrocities. And the main thing behind the, the video nasties were children having access to horror movies. So parents maybe mm. stop them doing it basically it was the, it was tory mps telling the little guy you're not watching that mm. end of story because there was no proof behind any of it but cannibal holocaust the movie we're going to discuss today was one of the original video nights the second proper labeled video nasty after driller killer there we are so that's uh that's dennis's spiel on video nasties he's been wanting to talk about video nasties for as long as i can remember i could go on and on and on and on and, on. and i i agree i i i don't believe in censorship i believe in in you know age ratings and warnings but leave the films untouched leave the art untouched and this film has definitely not been left untouched, but the version I've seen is 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 something. Uh, we'll get into it. I'm going to warn people now, if you do follow the show, if you do listen, this is even quite extreme for today. 40-plus years after its release, it's still quite shocking. I watched it today, and I'm, I'm still kind of wincing and, and grimacing at certain scenes. Um, it features the death and mutilation of at least six animals 
including a turtle, a is it a muskrat, a Mon- a monkey, yeah. a spider, a snake. I think that's and and various other things pig. as well. Pig. Yeah, oh, I forgot about the pig. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the pig. You try, you try to wipe them from your oh, mind. Oh, I you? did. I did. Um, so that that is the main thing that people remember and take away from this film. There's other kind of offensive parts to it. Um, there's no judgment if you like the film, fair enough. If you don't like the film or you never want to see the film because of the things it has in, again, fair enough. I totally understand. But I've done it for you, so nobody else has to watch it. Me and Dennis have, if you don't. But let's talk about it. So we're here to talk about the troubled production mainly. We will go into our thoughts on the film a little bit later and as we go through. Um, but let's start with the pre-production of the film, Dennis. Um, I'll let you speak again. Um, as I, I give you this option every time um, every time we record. I give you, you're allowed to have free speech, but I will edit some things out depending on what you say. Uh, so, uh, I, I, listen, I, I, I really do appreciate you giving me the, the first up on, on, on this, but really Italian um, horror movies, as we've spoken, yeah. never run smoothly. No. None of the pre-production for any any Italian movie has ever no. um, gone to plan. Hmm. Um, this go, one, go and listen to our Demons podcast. <laughs> yeah. This this is this is by no means um, the exception to it. Even though the director had done three cannibal yeah. Native American whatever the the doing type movies um, before, but this was this this was a little bit different, and it it kind of it kind of grew out of um, an idea about the way the media represents themselves on TV. So, for instance, during the time this movie was um, conceived and written and and put together, there was quite a few terrorist attacks and things within Italy, and the media were allowed to show everything. And it was brutal. You know, I've seen some stock footage today um, where you saw people being shot, the aftermaths of of burnings and and, um, people in cars being uh, mowed down with bullets. And this was on primetime TV. This was all the time. The Prime Minister was assassinated yeah. as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah. It was a left-wing, left, left wing, a far-left-wing group called the Red Brigade. The Red Brigade, yeah. yeah. So he wouldn't let his son watch the news, and his son didn't want to watch the news because it was, you know, quite brutal. Yet every time he put a film in front of the censors or, what, or anyone like that, they just basically said, you need to cut this out, cut that out, cut this Well, hang on a minute. Look at what's happening on our streets. You're fine to show that. And you're only showing the bits that you want to show. You're not showing the other side of the argument. You're not discussing what other people are doing. You're not discussing what the police are doing. You're not discussing what the, you know, the right are doing. So this kind of motivated him to think and conceive of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> movie's a strong word yeah, as well <laughs> of a movie to kind of kind of highlight this I, oh, yeah um, it's yeah and, and I, he was hired by a german production company because i think it's umberto lenzi did man from deep river which was the first italian cannibal film and the german production company said we want another one of these so umberto what do you what do you want to do and he's like um, I want more money, first of all. And they went, right, fuck you, Umberto. Off you pop. And they said, who else is available? And they went, Ruggiero Diodato. And he went and did what they call uh, one of one of several hundred titles the film has is Last Cannibal World. And this also featured the killing of animals. However, uh, Ruggiero did not film the killing of the animals. Uh, apparently, I don't know if this is true, but the German production company said that in Japan, films sell better if they know that there's actual killing of animals in it. 
I don't know if this is true. I know that this film made 21 million in Japan. I don't know if that's the evidence there. I can't say. Um, I'm not entirely sure about cultural the cultural zeitgeist at the time in Japan, but that's their thinking. So they shot those scenes for Last Cannibal World, and Ruggiero said, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be involved in that which is fair enough. Um, that's not his decision. That's theirs. So sure, they're providing the money. Why not? So they said, well, that did really well. Can we get another one? And that's where all these kind of ideas that yeah. you were talking about and the, come from. The Mondo um, documentaries yes. as well, which were just, which were produced and made just a shock. Hmm. Um, and there was no, there was no kind of way of disguising it. That's what they were there hmm. for. So it would, it would show tribal people. It would show, um, atrocities, they would show genocide, they would show, show all kinds of things, but without any context. That's, and a lot of a lot of cannibal holocaust is a lot of the scenes are influenced by this this kind of shock. The Mondo films. Yeah, yeah. the Mondo stuff. Yeah. So and you what's really weird is you, the Mondo stuff has never been banned because it's a documentary. It, ah, because it's true to life, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy to think that false you know simulated things are so close to being banned and and the artistic vision behind it is crippled in so many ways but just to show that sort of stuff is crazy i remember seeing a vietnam documentary years ago and there's a, there's a guy who shot shot point blank in the head and killed and and that was shocking to me because i'd never seen a person die in front of me ever or what have you and i was like Surely they can't show that. But this was like, and, and this was like the early 2000s or mid 2000s when I saw that. And I thought, that is insane. And that's going to stick with me. And it always does. We had the, the Faces of Death series mm. that were documentary stock footage mm. showing all kinds of things on that as well. But because it was true to life, because it was history, should we say, mm. in, in, in very comment. Uh, mm. very yeah, we'll get, we'll get on to that. <laughs> you know, that that was fine. Yeah, the, the I know that some of that footage they, they show a film. There's a film within the film within the film. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, called uh, the Road to Hell, I believe, and and some of that footage was real executions. You don't technically see those executions in this film, but there's kind of rough kind of uh, dailies, let's yeah. call them, yeah. uh, that are shown. And those ended up being in Faces of Death, actually. Those full, the full clips that are shown are in Faces of Death, but not this film. So you don't see anybody actually die in this film in any in any form. Animals, as we've discussed, very much in graphic graphic detail. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's so, a it's a thing. It's a thing. You know, he he had some tricks up his sleeve when he you know before they went into production of the movie certain contracts certain ideas certain things that were were put in place to make the the footage even more realistic obviously they needed like most italian movies they need a mixture of um english speaking and italian um so they get the tax breaks and things like that so there's a, a proper mis mishmash of people in there but even the english people were dubbed because they weren't italian enough <laughs> or even the italians were dubbed because they weren't italian enough um, but yeah, there was. Which would can we talk about the contracts? Are we are going to move um, on a bit? I, th I think we'll we'll leave that for the moment. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think. Well, I, let's move into the production now. I think we've talked enough about the pre-production. That you know, he's he's got all the people he needs. You know, some people dropped out, and he has these ideas now. The animal killing specifically, because we can't not talk about them because they're quite. You know, there's quite a few and quite graphic and quite long in detail in some of them. Apparently, 
like all the actors, the director, everybody regrets the animal killing. You know, after after the fact, they've said really regret the animal killing. Everything else is like, mm. but the the animal killing specifically, everyone goes, yeah, it was bad. Shouldn't have done it. We didn't want to do it at the time, but things happen. And and apparently that he's come up with a few reasons for why he did this. So again, what we mentioned before that the producers wanted actual animal killing to sell to the Japanese market. The other is that he grew up on a farm and that, you know, animals are killed. Nobody in the supermarket questions where the beef, where the pork comes from. They need to be killed, obviously, but we don't see it. So, you know, that sort of thing. And that leads to one of the questions at the end of the film that it poses to you, uh, whether that's successful or not. We... Yeah, and then he also said, what else did he say? There's another, I'm sure there's another reason. It was blurring the lines, wasn't it? That's right, blurring the lines of, of what was reality. If they, if the audience sees the killing and it's a real killing of the animal, then they'll believe the rest of the film, which again, the rest of the film is simulated. Mm. All the stuff, all the other stuff is simulated to a degree. But let's talk about the production. So, Dennis, of, I think this is a great one to bring back this kind of format for because I think of any production, I think this is one of the more hellish ones to talk Don't about. Know what you mean? You don't, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. It was a day in the park, this one, for, for, for the director, actors, producers, everybody. It was a bit hot, wasn't it? <laughs> Just a little sweaty. It was, a, it was sweaty. Um, dirty. Act, dirty, unsanitary. Mm. Unsafe. Unsafe. People got diseases mm-hmm. the, the the crew and the cast were treated very very poorly incredibly poorly um made to do things that today health and safety gone mad would be you know appalled at it not not even health and safety like just, just, just the guy on the street just like well let's talk about i'll talk about one sequence we'll get into the other stuff yeah. but uh the actress uh who is who's in the film the the main actress i think it's um chiardi or chiardi i can't remember her first name um i'm sure you'll remind me but uh she was she was asked to the they were asked to do a sex scene this uh, american guy and this italian actress and then they're they're working on it apparently as well she she said let's rehearse it and he was like what do you mean like let's rehearse it for real let's go and have sex in this jungle, and he was, and he turned it down apparently. But then there's other stories saying that they were lovers and whatever. But he basically goes to bare her breasts during the sex scene, and she goes, "What are you doing?" Ruggiero asked me to bare your breasts in the scene, and she said, oh, "Well, I didn't want to do that." And then he comes out and says, uh, "She says I don't want to do that." Ruggiero takes her off into the jungle, which is bad enough, and then screams at her and manipulates her till she just does it anyway. Which again would absolutely not happen today. No, <laughs> and none of the equipment worked. Um, they had issues with obviously the, the the kind of livestock out there, such as piranhas, snakes, spiders, all kinds of things. Um, they were sleeping in basically squalor, weren't they? Mm. They were having to yeah. live in their own bits. Mm. Um, and you kind of you, you can see it on certain of the actors' faces, you know, as the film goes on. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think the, the blurring of the lines becomes almost too real as well. Like there's moments where you're you're like, how real how real is this? How you know, is is the are they even acting at this point or at this point or at this point? Yeah, and you know, the the director does have a bit of a reputation for being a bit of um an ass. 
a bit of a Michael Bay, shall we say. Let's say. Um, he does scream at people. He does take them on one side. He's been known to hit cast members and things to get a reaction out of them. Um, and to be honest, he it's mainly females. He seems to have a bit of a... Um, bit of an issue with shall we say you know the, the the cast kind of just wanted to get it over and done with in the end but they kept having to do these scenes kept having to do the stuff weren't allowed to question anything weren't allowed to kind of you know say you know what's my motivation why am i doing this well no no you're doing it mm. just go just, you know just go and do what you need to do including the animal killings and and that's the thing is that apparently he said that these were already in the script the animal killings but then also there's talk about him improvising and coming up with shit on the day. So it's there's a lot of hearsay with some of the stories in this. We don't know exactly what happened. The only the only people that do are the people that were there. The main, um, um, I can't remember his name with the brown hair. He's done an mm. interview recently where he said he was told to do the, the animal stuff. They didn't know anything about it at all. And especially, the, the I, I would say, the turtle scene. Um Jesus. I think the reactions that you see from the cast members and crew members, I think are pretty real. I think you can't act that. Um, and no disrespect to the actors on there. They're not the best. You know, the real, they were unknown, um, young, uh, inexperienced people thrown into um, a jungle and saying, you will do this. And there are, there are scenes, especially the, the turtle one, which is very, very difficult to watch, yeah. that you can see the reactions on everybody. Um, and it's none of it's good. No, no, you can you can see it that I know that during production, a couple of the people were supposed to the actors were supposed to do some of the killings, but they'd say, "I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I won't do this. I'll do this, but I won't do that." So there was a lot of kind of bartering. Um, I think the guy you were speaking about is uh, Al- the character Alan Yates is played by Carl Gabriel York. Yeah. Um, and he's the kind of main kind of character, I guess, if you will, to to a degree within the film, within a film. And yeah, he he basically said he wouldn't do, he wouldn't kill the pig. Um, and that was done by the Italian actor. And he was, he said he wouldn't do the turtle either. Um, and I think... Um, Chiardi, yes, Francesca. Francesca Chiardi said uh, she wasn't going to do any of the killing, but she, I, I'm pretty sure you can see her crying and um, and she throws up after the turtle's been killed. And then the other actor, the blonde actor with the moustache, she's just looking at directly at the camera like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. It kept getting delays as well. Um, weather, obviously, it's, it's an Amazon jungle, it's a lot of rain. Mm. The equipment was cheap, so it got wet and broken. Mm. Actors who were originally chosen and others, one of them that um, the father had got killed. Yeah. yeah. So then that delayed production as well mm. and arguments on the set delayed production. Um, and there were lots of them. Apparently there was, there were shouting and screaming every single day on, on set, mm. which again, slowed down production of the movie. Whether it adds to the realism of it, I don't know. Mm. Um, because I think there's quite a lot of raw emotion, I mm. think on, on the set. Maybe it's made for a better film. I don't know. I think you should treat people well. Mm. I don't know. But the, the you know, some arguments would last an entire day wow. with people refusing to do things and production ringing up and saying, why is this not happening? Why is that not happening? Where the deal is? And, uh, and it, it was, you know, the female cast member, um, she was would have open rows about certain scenes that she was supposed to be in. Mm. And, she, you know, to be fair, she was backed up by her um, male counterparts. Yeah. So it wasn't like all one way. But I think... Mixing an American production team with an Italian 
production team. The Italian production team seems to do a lot more and not that kind of bothered about stuff, mm. where obviously the American were a little bit more kind of switched on about stuff, but none of them were union either. Mm. They went for non-union actors so yeah. they could get away with stuff a lot as and well. They, and they could get them cheaper as well. Yeah, a lot cheaper, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and production was non-union as well. Mm. Um, let's talk about the uh the tribes in in the film uh so they did did they use real tribe members or was it i believe so yeah yeah two tribes wasn't it yeah the, it's the i think there was the yamamaro and the shigari shinari something like all that. i know one of them lived like tree trees. people yeah the tree and, people and one didn't yeah that's basically the difference <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> there, there wasn't they didn't really define what like one of them were like was mostly kind of in gray mud covered in gray mud like like arnie and predator and then the rest of them kind of aren't but then later on they kind of are as well when they're attacking them you're like you can't tell there's nothing to differentiate them and they were treated very poorly as well they they, they were like meat basically the any any of the effect setups and things, people, you know, they, they were. There's, there's a setup in it when there's a fire, um, and they, you know, the, the the tribe were just left in the building until the last minute to get out. There's a scene where there's um, arrows or something being fired backwards and forwards. Quite a lot of the tribe people got hit with them, you know, not bothered, carry on, yeah, you know, and they they were pushed, and it was almost they were like they were a prop, yeah, that could just be used and Moved whatever, and- yeah, and. You know, it it kind of bothers me to this day that you watch a documentary about it today. You've got modern day actors and and um, directors still calling them cannibals and this and the other. When when yeah, neither tribe mm. were cannibals. Yeah, they were just indigenous to that area. You know, still yeah. calling them that. And and it kind of like obviously a lot of people talk about the animal killings and things, but I think sometimes that distracts a little bit from arguably a lot of the racist content and the stuff that is you know potentially offensive because if this is the case a lot of these people probably haven't seen you know guns before cameras before like that's probably somewhat true and and they're being utilized they're not being paid they're not being you know they'll probably be rewarded in some form i know i know that the one tribe especially considered the monkey brains a delicacy because they were going to use a fake monkey and they said no and they had to kill two monkeys because one of the shots didn't work so but then they were gave, given to eat that was one of his one of the other excuses yeah, for for the animal killing he said was all the all the animals were eaten weren't they yeah um and they for said, the tribe and yeah it was given the, to them. he said the, the the pig um was pretty much slaughtered because some of the crew were sick of eating the fish out of the out of the amazon and things like that so mm. That's what another thing that he, he, one of his many, many, many excuses and U-turns for, mm. for the animal um, cruelty. Surprise! The in, indigenous people were, like I said, they were just props. They were just there to make the numbers up. And you can see if you, you know, that you, if you look at any stills or, or any of the information around, that you can just, you know, there is a, a very famous one with him, um, the director shouting at one of them like in his face, yeah. And the guys just like look at him like, mm, I don't know what, you what, want, what, what, what am I doing? Need. Sort of yeah. stuff, you know. Mm. Um, like they did have, you know, what I think we call them fixers these days, and they had yeah. people kind of doing this that, and the other translators. And, and yeah, and stuff. you know, they they brought them stuff like chocolate bars and crap. Sure. But I'll be honest, if I'm going to be shouted at, I even though I'm a big fan of chocolate, I want mm. to be paid more than a chocolate bar. Yeah, I'd say so too. I'd say so too. But, but I'll be honest, not much more. I mean, I mean, you could be like one of the guys in the film that's just blowing 
blowing cocaine up your nose. Yeah, apparently there was a lot of that on set as well. Yeah, that one that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Early eighties was the only way you know people could get through stuff. Apparently, yeah, was going to be you know being high and doing mm. this that, and the other. But director himself has openly said that he you know used drugs on set of his other films. Didn't mm. say about this one. Mm. There's enough, there's enough to talk about, I think, without He that. looks the type. He's <laughs> <laughs> a cokehead. Um, yeah, probably. Um, so, uh, I, don't, I don't even know where to, like, what else. Well, let's talk about some of the, I think we have to talk about some of the events and the things that take place. So, one of the first things we see on the in the film is a woman being abused and... and <sighs> vaginally tortured yeah just like yeah the the just absolutely like uh, i don't know using foreign objects to damage her private parts and it is disturbing it really made me wince um and again i think some of the stuff hasn't aged well but that still i think was quite effective and effectively shot and made me think fuck me that's a bit much and there's several gang rapes in the film as well which Again, I don't think uh, quite as bad as what I expected. And I think because I expected the absolute worst from this film, including the animal slaughter, and that is still awful, uh, it still made me wince and stuff, I I think I expected it to be worse. But again, I think a lot of the arguments uh, stemmed from a lot of the nudity and the sex and and stuff like that. And again, um, the gang rapes go into murder. There's There's a fetus that's aborted and buried under mud. Uh, the woman's as a head cracked in. Um, these these are all big kind of set pieces. There was supposed to be a piranha attack as well. I think some someone was supposed to be fed to the piranhas. Um, possibly the infidelity of of the young lady that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but apparently the, the underwater camera wasn't working. So they, but the, probably the most infamous shot or sequence in the film is is the young lady who is is basically put through a spike of wood like impaled all the way through all the way through a body and the spike is coming directly out of her mouth you'll see that on any image basically you google it and it'll come up on pretty much any any shot from that sequence it is again very convincing um it's a very convincing shot but uh and and we'll talk about a little bit later what um (laughs) diodato had to say about that shot and how convincing it was but yeah, it did not sound fun working no. on this film. But there is a film. Okay, <laughs> tell us about that, Dennis. Tell us about the film. If there is, if there is a film to be, <laughs> if there is ideas and uh, uh, concept. I, I, I think if I, if we just do a brief of the storyline, sure, and yeah, then just and give then, you an idea, and then pick up aspects of it, sure. So uh, basically, um, the stories around documentary team going into um, the Amazon to film um, the natives, basically, uh, they don't return. So the um, company, the, the the film company, sends uh, a guy out to kind of save them or bring them back or, or or whatever. So the first part of the movie is basically just him getting from A to B, really, isn't it? Trying to find out, you know, meets 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 one of the tribes. Um, the following the the trail that these yeah, these yeah. explorers or documentarians yeah, which, have, so have, have. Yeah, they find things as they go along that explains later on. Yeah. So they follow this trail. He meets the tribe. 
in, in a way befriends the tribe the tribe like him he gives himself to the tribe there's a, a scene in um a very nudie scene again in 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 water but this is part a, of him a lot of nudity in this film as well Lots a lot of, of nudity a lot of a lot of dongs being released a lot of a lot, lot of, of a lot of dongs a lot of them and as kind of a reward for, for um him you know giving himself to 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 the tribes to speak he gets taken to this little um shrine and it's basically the bones and bits of the um, documentary crew mm. with the reels of film. Cut a long story short, he gets the, the film and goes back to New York. Goes up to see the um, production company. He says, he's found this. He's done that and the other. Um, he's not watched it yet. And they said, right, get it watched. Let's get it released. He watches it and he's a little bit disturbed. Oh, he's a lot disturbed. And he doesn't want the film to go out. So yet another meeting. And the production company say, no, no, we want to set out. He goes, right, okay, let's all go and watch it together. So they all go into this room and then they play the footage. And that's when you get the found footage aspect, aspect of, it, yeah. of the movie. So now you're watching the documentary makers making their um, so-called documentary. And things go a little bit awry, don't they? Within quite, the, quite. It's, the, the footage is, is, is very raw. Um, and I think that gives it a, a, a very, very good kind of feel around it. Mm. Throughout the the documentary being made, obviously there's these, these animal um, deaths, but there's also questionable actions that the documentary crew have to make it more yeah. interesting. And this goes back to what we were saying at the beginning about how media can manipulate things. So they were doing things to kind of make it look better on film. They you know, set fire to a hut. They shot somebody, mm. one of the tribes people. The 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 lady on the on the on the stick, it's heavily implied that it was the documentary crew that put her on that stake. Mm. After gang yeah, raping. After her. gang raping her, yeah. yeah. I was gonna come back to that, but yeah. Oh sorry, sorry. Trying to stay away from the rapey bit. Sorry, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of unavoidable, <laughs> yeah. Dennis. You can't um, you can't have a film with multiple gang rapes and not talk about there's, them. There's unfortunately, like, there's a, there's, it's cut really well. And there's a and when the guy starts filming it, he's kind of smirking. And he goes, I, "I'm filming this now." You know, oh my god, that's so terrible. That's that's one of my favourite bits. Yeah, I think it's yeah, really yeah. some really good. You know, depending on how you feel about the acting of this, I think that that moment's quite genuine. Yeah. And and yeah, it's about they are staging things. They are using, uh, they are using and abusing these tribal members to get what they want out of them, because they're trying to make it look like there's a tribal war going on between the two tribes. But the white, you know, white film crew, the supposed protagonists, arguably of the film, yep. are actually the villains. Yeah, yeah, you know. The, the the white people going to this this place are supposed mm. to be the, the intelligent they're there mm. with all the technology mm. yet they're manipulating the whole thing there yeah. isn't a war between these two tribes absolutely not no matter how hard they push it it yeah. doesn't ever come into that sort of thing but no. they that's what they want they want them to be showing these 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 different activities and you know a lot of the stuff within within the film as well they cause mm. you know the tribal people don't want any part of it, hmm. but they push things and they do stuff to so they, so there's a reaction, hmm. um, and the reaction basically at the end of it is that they all get um, killed. In in spoilers, <laughs> well, but it's a fan footage, isn't it? So you 
And it's a film that came out in the 80s. So, True, that you know. as well. That as um, well. But there's, there's, some re- there's a really good shot, the la- kind of last shot of the found footage is one of the you know, main documentary makers just kind of like falls on the floor with the camera mm-hmm. and his eyes twitching and he's got blood on his face and then it goes dead. And then it goes back to the... Yeah. Um, back to the, the the screening room and everybody's everybody is shocked now oh, yeah. it's, it's not what they expected um well the so, there's one of them is supposed to be is this woman and you think oh she'll be you know this uh, calming lovely kind of maternal you know soft sensitive and she's the hardest one she goes she says the more you rape people's senses the more they want. They can't get enough of it. Like, that's her, that's a line in the film. And she's like, we need this footage. We need to see this. We need to get people to show it. And and she used the term sensationalise and sensationalist because that's what Diodato is trying to say about the media and the way it's used and the way it's abused. And again, the Mondo films that you were talking about, the Mondo Kane especially, would set shit up. Like it's not real. Well, look, it's at- not. It's not technically a documentary. If you're, you know, or reality TV does it as yeah, well. Exactly. It, it's all. Say. It's all fucking staged. Yeah, they put it, things in there to get reactions and exactly. stuff. So quite out of its time, really. I think so. Yeah. yeah. There, there are obviously a lot of people think it was um, the last broadcast or the Blair Witch Project, which which was the first found footage film. And coincidentally, none of the film's production team on either film had seen Cannibal Holocaust. So then they wouldn't have dared made this type of movie if they had seen that before. But it is officially the first found footage movie. Technically, yeah. 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 That's what- but we'd had like mockumentaries before, like yeah, fake documentaries yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. And but. as much as we've 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 talked about the the kind of negative of the of the movie, mm. there are some really some really good things within it. You know, he is he is a good director. Yeah. Whether his cause comes out in the movie or not, sure. You know, it's beautifully shot. Um, I think the cinematography is excellent. Yeah, it's 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 just it's like a doc. It, you know, it's funny. It's like a documentary. It's mm. it's beautifully shot. Mm. Um, I think the sound, the soundtrack is 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 nice, which is mm. weird. The soundtrack's quite lovely, and it's, yeah, it's you know all these atrocities <laughs> and, and <laughs> nice in the background. Um, the idea of the found footage, I think, is really cool. Mm. And you know, the lovely green vistas and that yeah. lovely music that brings you into the film. You're like, you're like, oh, this will be all right. Yeah, this will be fine. And it's like cannibal holocaust. You're like, oh, okay. And the, and the contrast between the lush lush areas and mm. how, how you know the the, the the tribal people are and how mm. you know one with nature and then it cuts Beautiful. to New York, yeah. which is grey and dark, depressing, because, you know, cold. Everyone's wearing grey clothes mm. and. You know, it, it's it's a massive contrast on it. So there, there are, hmm. there are the, some the really juxta- good stuff in there. The juxtaposition is is very intelligent. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, it. I, I don't want to say I don't want to recommend it. I don't think you want to recommend it to people either. No. No. But I think there are there is quality here, but you need to kind of get around the more troublesome, problematic things in the film. But then you're kind of watching it for that as well. If you are going to watch it, that's kind of there. There are, uh, there's animal cruelty free cuts out there that yep. are available. I think, uh, I know it's just come out on 4k. I'm not sure if it's available on that or if it's just, uh, uncut. Um, but check it out if, if you want to, but you know, heavy warning what you're going in for. I think we've talked about all the stuff that is in it, you know, beheadings, uh, castrations, you name it, it's all in this film. Like you, if you can list a horrible thing, they do it in this yeah. film. But I think 
the, the problem I have with it is I think that's a very good message that he's trying to say. I think he puts the message across quite well and quite clearly, not not in a ham-fisted way. I do think some of the lines are a little bit on the nose, I'll be honest. Um, some of the scenes, especially with the Kerman, who's um, the porn actor, who yeah. is, the lead, is the lead who lives, who finds the footage. Um, he was in Spider-Man. He's the guy in the barge right at the end of Spider-Man. And Debbie does Dallas. He was in Debbie does Dallas. <laughs> Who didn't Debbie do in Dallas? Um, but he was, he was mainly a porn actor, but he was trying to break into the, the mainstream. Um, yeah, sort of worked, sort of didn't. Regrets being in this film, most people do. Uh, all of them do in some, in some form. But yeah, it's, I think the problem is he's taken this message so far that he's actually become like the characters in the film, in the fan footage, that he's become a monster in the production, during the production, and killing animals, mistreating people, mistreating the local tribes and telling them to do stuff and make them stay in a burning hut far too long to the point where they're going to die from smoke inhalation. You know, you could describe him as a monster. I I don't know. I, I don't really know how I feel about him, but I know... The stuff we've said now, I know people are going to make a judgment on him yeah. based on that. But yeah, I think it muddies his point, you know. But I, I also think the message he, he's trying to get gets lost completely yeah, sure. with, with all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, because it's so shocking. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that they show in stock footage of the, yeah. the Mondo stuff and things mm. like that is like a film within a film within a film. Mm. So, he, you know, he, he he's really pushing the point. But then, like you're saying, it just gets kind of lost. Yeah. Well, he's talking about the exploitation of the media and what is reality and what is a documentary. But he's an exploitation filmmaker. Yes. And he's exploiting people, these tribes, these actors, probably other people on set, probably the other, you know, the cinematographer. Cinematographer, the cinematography in this is fantastic. The shaky cam, all this other stuff, it really works. And that that bit that you were talking about where they gang rape the girl and then put her on the spike, there is a hard cut to black. And throughout the film, you're, you don't have that up until that point. And that cut, for me, that heavy, hard cut was quite jarring. And then I realised what he was saying. He was saying that they've, they've put her on this stick. Yeah. And I thought that is a genius bit of editing and yeah. cinematography within this. There's there's moments without sound, there's you know, there's some shots you can't really see what's going on, it's shaking. And and that just adds to that realism and that that feel. And I kind of I kind of understand why people were so shocked. I, I kind of understand the moral outrage, even though I'm sick of fucking moral outrages and I don't agree with most of them, uh, if any. But I can kind of see where people were coming from because even seeing it today in 2022, soon to be 2023, it's still shocking to this day. And he has, I'll, I'll give him this, he did what he wanted to do. He told the story he wanted to tell and he did make one of the most shocking films ever. He accomplished that. The controversy and everything he wanted he got it. So I, th- I think that's a good segue now to talk about the release of, of the film and the kind of the backlash, the re- reception of it. Um, so first of all, Sergio Leone, our, everyone's favourite Italian director, good, the bad, the ugly, a few dollars more, all the good ones. He loved the film. He called him up, he called up Ruggiero and said, this is an amazing film, 
The cinematography was excellent. The realism, everything. But people are going to hate you. <laughs> and he was right. No, no. Yeah, it wasn't an understatement, was it? No, no, no. He was right. Oliver Stone is a big fan of this film as well. Yep. And the hut burning in the film is very reminiscent of the hut burning in Platoon. So um, it does have some fans out there. Eli Roth is a fan. So much so he kind of remade it. It was heavily, heavily influenced by Ruggiero and put him in Hostel 2, I believe, I think he's in. Mm. So so it does have fans. It, people do like it. People find it entertaining and interesting. Um, but some people didn't. <laughs> Pretty most, most of the world. See, it, it's strange because for 10 days... It made a shitloads of money mm. uh, when it was released before people started talking about it. <laughs> um, and I was saying to, to Dan earlier, this this is like pre-internet. This is like the the kind of controversy and the, the outcry of this movie spread across the globe in like record time. Everybody kind of knew about it. It was in all the newspapers. But it did make money. So when it was released in Italy, it was released for 10 days before they pulled it. And it made three times its um, production value. So that's obviously movies these days. That's a massive success. Absolutely. Um, it made a ton of money in Japan, but then people started to ban it. Yeah. Um, and quite a lot of countries started to ban it really. Um, and it does have like, you know, we say it's the first, it is the first movie to be a found, found footage movie. It's also the last movie to ever get a complete ban in the U S every single state. Now, there have been films that have been banned in other states and sent the other since, but this was across the board. Every single state banned it, um, and there hasn't been a film since. You know, and even in countries that you perhaps think might might not be that kind of bothered by it, a bit more tolerant to it, banned it, gone. So, the, so people... It's like a domino effect kind yeah, of thing, yeah, wasn't so, it? Yeah, so and in, in the UK, the only reason why it came out over here is that they just didn't release it in the cinema, and then went straight to video. And it was a massive success on video. People wanted to see it. And people wanted to see it more once they banned it. Mm. It was one of those films that you, you'd go to an event and it'd be under the table. You'd see a bit of cannibal. Yeah, exactly. Oh, a little, little, uh, little cheeky um, VHS copy And there's there. like, I, I get it. Because to watch it and watch it in its form now, as, as Dan just said, you kind of, it does look real. There is very, yeah. very, it's very visceral, isn't it? And, raw, and, yeah. very raw. Yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't help the fact that the actors weren't seen for a while. Were they, Dan? They weren't. <laughs> so, uh, Ruggiero Diodato, much like the Blair Witch, asked for the actors to quietly disappear for a little while. For the space of a year. That was part of the contract. They weren't going to do any acting work. They were paid to make sure that they don't, you know, that they didn't turn up anywhere, didn't do anything or weren't seen. Um, and it was quite successful let's say because italy decided he needed to be brought in for questioning yes this film is the only film where the audience has seen it and gone that director murdered those actors and we need to try him in a court of law <laughs> <laughs> and so he was charged with 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 murder yeah <laughs> So, yeah, to say some people wouldn't like it. Mm. It was also charged with obscenity laws mm. and animal cruelty. Of course. But it sounds so, but a lot of other actors have been charged with space. Sure. Uh, I mean, actors. I mean, Apocalypse, Apoc Apocalypse Now, for example, is a, is a film that everybody's seen everywhere, and that has an animal killing in it, but there's no, there's no cuts for that. 
there's no there's no censoring of that scene, is there? No, no. But they don't do it with a machete. No, true. Um, but but then, but then there's like other films out there as well that feature like child nudity, like American Beauty or The Hole, yeah, um, and things like that. They're not cut. No, but this is this. It goes back to his original point about how the media mm. can, you know, choose what we like and what we don't like. Mm. Can choose what we're gonna, you know. Be offended deem by, offended or, and yeah. deem what we're not offended by. But he also left himself open a little bit with his contracts, because once he once they'd gone, he couldn't find them. <laughs> one of the producers had the name of one of them, and that person had to then go and find all the rest of them to appear on Italian TV and say, "Da da, proof of life." You know what? That would make a good film I, I, if he, yeah, he one yeah. guy has to hunt yeah, down. My, my brother said the same thing. <laughs> To go and do one look for them, but it, it's also he, he had to prove how he did the steak through the the yeah. lady. He had to show how that was done because nobody believed that that mm. was done because it's it's it is real. Yeah, I I always assumed it was a uh, it was a they built it. It was like yeah. a puppet or a you know it's clay or something. I don't know. I just thought it was an effect. It was a woman on. Can you imagine being that still mm. and having a camera pointed at you. Yeah. So the so the, the lots of outcries in in the UK. Obviously, I've, I've spoken about the video nasties and the. Well, um, a policeman said. Yeah, a policeman said, "I've seen a snuff movie, and it's called Hannib- Cannibal Holocaust." Yeah, oh, and that is that is one of the reasons why it kicked off the video nasties, and we get all the censorship now and yeah. stuff, and and all that other stuff, and and I, and I think around that time it probably was. I mean, you've got a film like Hardcore with um, George C. Scott in. Uh, check out our, our Changeling podcast, by the way. Good. That's a good Stop film moving. with him in. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, it, 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 there was a film called Snuff, I think, as well. Like, um, And it was sold as such. Um, you know, 8mm as well is very similar to Hardcore. Um, so it's it's not an unusual idea, and it's not something that you know is out of the realms of possibility. And it, it wasn't even the first of movie of you know cannibal movie. Mm. This was about uh, was it the fifth? Maybe Italian uh, one. Yeah, Italian one. Mm. Um, because you know what Italians are like, they'll get it and they'll film every aspect of it. Um, I think there was only I think this was the third proper release of it, and then they went on did another one. So it wasn't like this was different. I think it was. It's the found footage yeah. thing where people couldn't get their heads around. Mm. Um, and if you're watching that on a, on a, on a dodgy VHS, um, back in Low the 80s, quality. With your TV. Like, I go back now and watch, mm. like, standard definition, and I, I think, do I need to clean my glasses? <laughs> um, I also think today, I've watched it in HD. It's not as shocking. No. I think some of, some of it has aged well, and some of it hasn't aged well. Some of it looks, still looks good, well, not not good, but the the effects are good, and the and the way it's the cinematography is good, and the way it's shot is good, the framing of it. But yeah, some of the effects or some of the the scenes, you know, like there's a there's a another another gang rape towards the end, and all the uh, tribal people are beating her up while she's naked. But it it doesn't look like they're hitting her very hard. It's just like doop, 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 doop. but again, back in the day, you won't have seen that as clearly yeah. as I've done. It, we've done today. And it, it, he did a good job with the, the the camera kind of bouncing about and moving mm. around, and um, so he did a good job, you know, selling it. Mm. Um, it just kind of it also bugs me a little bit that he keeps coming out changing stories about why certain things were done, why that was done, why the yeah. other was done. Makes him doesn't make him look that good, <laughs> no, does it? No, no. And then when you got actors in it coming out 
and they're all saying the same thing. Mm. Um, but it, it's one of those movies that I, I, I wouldn't say it's a good movie, and I wouldn't say it was a bad movie. Yeah, there is something there. Yeah, worth can for me worth watching. There's there's a message there, and I think he delivered the message pretty well. But then, like you said, there's all these layers you've got to uncover, and and then sometimes it's it's done quite subtly. Sometimes it's very ham fisted. Um, but I think he is a good filmmaker. I just don't know if this is a good film. Hmm. It's it's hard to say. I can't I, again. I can't recommend it, but I can also understand why people like it and what people get out of it i think it's got it's it's got like you're saying good ideas Hmm. it's got some good things like it's not it's not just like i think the cannibal movies that came after this probably were just oh here's some cannibals this is what people like again it's when everything when when anything is ever popular people go oh let's do something like that more blood more guts more this and they always learn the hollywood always learns the wrong lessons from something being popular um, and that's and I think that's what happened. But this does have some, it has some meat on the bones for <laughs> lack of a better word. <laughs> Very good. Very good. But you know, you know, like um, zombie flesh eaters. Sure. Yeah, Lucio Fulci. Yeah. yeah. The 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 bit with the eye. Yeah. That always makes me go. You mm. know, close my eyes and back off from it. No matter how I watched it and how many yeah. times I've seen it, I've only seen Cannibal Across I think twice. And there are the, the main scenes that make me pull that kind of face now are mainly the turtle. Yeah, yeah. But I think it, if I saw that over and over again, I don't think it would have that, you know, I would keep doing that. But that bit in the zombie movie yeah, yeah. always makes me want to close my eyes. Well, I think I think you were saying the other day about kind of like the, the rape scenes in this. Like a lot of people say, there's oh, it's a lot of realism and stuff, but I found those not very real or not as horrifying as I thought they were going to be, or as or as long as I thought they were going to be. Um, I know there's films like Irreversible and there's other films that are more terrifyingly, you know, or more exploitative or more, you know, in the, in a way they're worse. Like it it doesn't matter how long they are, but if they're as visible and and horrible and disturbing as they are, and I think the these ones probably back in the day again were quite you know with those with that grainy footage and stuff. I don't think they're quite as bad as I expected. They're still awful. The premise behind it is awful. It's terrible, but I think because I expected so much worse, I kind of went in a little desensitized because I was I was quietly kind of dreading this because I was kind of like, is it just going to be, there's no ideas behind it, there's no vision behind it, is it just going to be, if you're hearing fireworks, it's it's New Year. So uh, happy New Year, everybody. Uh, <laughs> That's what I think in New we're Year. into 2023 and this is the first podcast in 2023. So if you are hearing any fireworks going off, um, curse them because they're probably killing animals, dogs and cats and stuff, and they're scaring them and they're all in the corners. Um, people have really turned around on fireworks in the last few years, have you noticed? Pisses me off. Does it? Yeah, I don't yeah. like fireworks. Mm. I, I like them at organised things. Yeah, that's what I think. I just it... don't like someone in the garden firing off a massive, like... When I was a one. when I was a kid, like, kids at my school were putting them up, cats' bums and shit. It was really... Well, it's like, you know, you get Halloween and then there's allegedly... A break, and then you get um, bonfire night. Then why are fireworks going off from at least August? <laughs> You're not wrong, Dennis, because <laughs> you know? I think it's the same bloody family or the same same people that are setting these off. Yeah. They've been setting them off all year for oh, me. 
God, I hate New Year. Anyway, go on. Anyway, um, let's get back to Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal. I, I also... I, I almost called it Hannibal Holocaust. I called it Hannibal Holocaust. Did you? I was talking to my brother about it earlier. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm up for that film as well. Uh, but I also, I also think today, the audience today, has, like, Hostile and Saw... And all these other kind of like torture porn type yes. movies, even yeah. stuff like Hellraiser and things yeah, like yeah. that, which you got things like a Serbian film or yeah. Human Centipede Two. Human or... Centipede, which which Human Centipede Two is is disgusting in places, but it, it's not. It's kind of laughable as well. Yeah, um, it's like shock value, isn't yeah. it? But but like with this, there is Nin- shock value. Yeah, but in nineteen eighties, mm. you putting this on, it would be it would be like putting on. Saw for the first time or hostile yeah. for the first time yeah. and going, Jesus, mm. yeah, I wasn't expecting and that. And I, I think people are are a little bit more like they'll look at this and think, oh, how quaint or how, how you know, oh, this is too old for me. I can't watch it and things like that, you know. And I know people who can't watch black and white films. Like I, I, I have no issue with that. Um, but there's certain people out there who just go, I just don't watch black and white films. Fair enough. That's that's you. I don't agree with it, but that's you. But yeah, I think, I think we, because we've, the thing is, when you go back and you're like, like when I watched The Exorcist, I know you love The Exorcist. When I watched it as a kid, I, I was laughing at it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, but you were a dick. Yeah, that as well. But I, you know, I do need to watch it again. I haven't watched it since then, so I will get round to it eventually. But it made me laugh because I, I think even at that young age, I'd already seen much more convincing, real, shocking, mm. uh, violent, bloody things that you know, still, still the you know the crucifix scene is still quite disturbing and you know yeah all that all yep. that uh, uh dennis is making some very lewd hand gestures right now uh <laughs> don't know what you mean <laughs> won't hold up in a court courtroom <laughs> he's not uh he's not going down like uh ruggiero diodata no he'll uh, prove, <laughs> prove it we'll bring somebody out <laughs> somebody hiding in the corner that'll bring he'll bring in court but yeah, I, I think I think people will see it some in somewhere like oh yeah look this was a this was what a cannibal film was back then or ha 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 this was supposed to be shocking I've seen things more shocking down my town centre you know yeah it's it's a funny one it's I'm glad I've seen it for for the historical aspects for what the effect has been since then because it kind of was the apex of Italian exploitation we didn't really. It kind of limped on a little bit after this. Is this was kind of it, really? This was the pinnacle because, like, seventies was full of exploitation, sixties, you know, um, and this is kind of like, oh, and we're just kind of trailing off, and then you don't really, you barely get anything in the nineties, and then even if you do, it's crap. Yeah, there you go. Or even Argento's really not <sighs> pumping anything out then, is he? Really? And, no, not really. But there you are, and that's kind of so. This is kind of the pinnacle, the apex, but also the downfall which is quite interesting for a whole country's genre films. But it, it, it and also it's it's the first time people saw Italian horror was these cannibal movies and it opened up a door for lots of people wanting to look at Italian horror, mm. you know, the the 60s and 70s um movies me being one of them. Like I you know the 72 films on the video nasty list. I think last time I looked I'd seen about 62 of them. Mm. And I've seen far worse things on TV. Well, I turned I turned Driller Killer off. Oh, it's boring. Isn't it's it? shit. It's fucking a awful. And I, and I like, <laughs> and I like that director, and I like the stuff he's done. But yeah. that one is fucking yeah. crap. 
No, it's almost like a history lesson, really. With it, I've seen like I think we've probably we've probably covered some video nasties, haven't we? Yeah, I think we've probably bloods of video nasties. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, Um, but it's they're not they're not like they were, and you know, and the thing the thing is like everything else, like the satanic panic and stuff. It goes back to what he was trying to do with this movie. Mm. It's media manipulating what we should be doing. And it's it's almost like, you know... It's a platform, isn't it, for politicians? It's it's the little men being crushed on again. You know, little Mm. guy having a little little video store with, you know, one wall of videos. No, you can't sell them anymore. We're going to send you to prison for five years. Mm. Back then... You could you could um, sexual assault somebody and not get five years, Jesus. but if you had one of these videos, you could be. Shocking. You know it's now just, that now that is shocking. Yeah, and that's you know, and, and that's what it was like. It was it was all it was like you were giving out hardcore pornography to children, um, which you weren't. And there were loads of debates on TV, and um, I can't remember the, the guy's name. One of the directors, he was asked on a chat show. Um, so, what do you think about you know children seeing these movies? And he says, "Well, they're not made for children, and they're, they're not." No, no, no. It's got an 18 certificate. It's not made for children. There's mm. a choice to to put that on or move it out of the way. Mm. Now, I, you know, I had two older brothers, so I watched a lot of horror when I was a lot younger, and it's not made me a bit different at all. Sure, sure. He says twitching and stuff, but no. I, <laughs> but it, it, I think in one way it's made me look at the medium in 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 a good light and said so there is instead of just saying oh it's just you know crap lighting whatever. Mm. And I think Cannibal Holocaust treads all those lines from it being farcical in places, becoming what it what the director doesn't want it to mm. become. But also under all that, there is a good movie under there. It's shot probably better than any sort of like those these sort of movies around that time, mm. any of the war movies, the Vietnam films and, and things like that. It was it's shot far better than that. The soundtrack is great. Mm. You know the the, the, ju- the juxtaposition between the the green vistas oh, and the it, and their lovely music. Yeah, you know and all it, that. And it's it, brilliant. It, you know, and and there is there is like I said, there is a movie under there. Would you watch it again? I don't know. I think if I was to watch, I'd probably take out the animal killings. I think I'd watch. I think it was. It's like Caligula. I think I would watch Caligula again, but I'd probably take out the hardcore porn. Like what me and Dan said, what I was talking about with those sex scenes as well, like the sex scenes in Caligula, it's like they forgot how to have sex. And and in this, like he when he jumps up, when uh, Alan Alan Yates jumps on his uh, his soon to be wife or partner in crime, um, you know, he, he just like starts like wrestling with her almost, and it's just like. People don't have sex like that. Uh, and a vagina <laughs> must be in a, in a belly or something. Yeah, yeah. it's very much it's yeah. very much a Tommy Wiseau thing. It's very much like um, showgirls, isn't it? In the pool, <laughs> uh, just forget what you're doing. So there is there is aspects which, which aren't which don't stand up today. Mm. I like I watched it twice now. Yeah. I watched it for, for this, and I watched yeah. it many many years many ago. many many years ago. Yeah, but I think the version I watched many years ago was cut quite a lot of the stuff. Yeah, I imagine. I think you have to see it as a whole. To be honest, yeah. I well, think- I, I, I mean, I, I like to tackle controversial films and controversial things, and I, I like to ask those questions: why and for I, what I, reason? I think if you take away, especially the the, the the turtles, much as it's hard to watch, yeah, and it does have its own documentaries around around it. I think you take away some of what those actors went through to do that. Yeah, I guess. Um, and I think they deserve a little bit more than. Hmm. Cutting out completely, yeah. Because you, because you, you can clearly see they're not comfortable doing it, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, it's kind know, of, yeah. I guess it, again, that kind of adds to the realism mm. of the fan footage, and and again, the realism of he's making these people look like monsters, 
while being a monster himself, you know, and you could you could argue that. I mean, all respect to him, RIP and everything, but I can see why people would have that opinion. I I don't have either opinion on him. But what's the, what's the final line of the movie? I wonder if we are the real cannibals. And if you watch the movie, hmm. we definitely are. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent, we are. That's the point. That's the, again, that's the point he's making because because these guys go in and they set things up. You know, the the only time where they show any kind of remorse or any kind of you know uh, reluctance is when their gang raping the girl and the woman comes in and she tries to stop it because that's her husband or soon to be husband, a partner pulling him off the girl. You know, and you think, oh, it's because she's a woman and she thinks this is horrible and shouldn't be happening. But she goes, no. We're wasting film. We're wasting footage. Yeah. That was the problem she had with that. Yeah. It's not a good line, though. No. But it shows the... It show, it, it's clearly making a comment on, like, colonialism yeah. as well, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, there's definite colonialism Definitely. vibes you, you in can, this. You know, and I think a lot more of these movies have come out about uh, Native Americans mm. and... Yeah. You know, because history, Indigenous people, yeah, yeah, history is written by the people who won it or, or had the ability to kind of. Well, I mean, that, that's there. and that's what these, yeah, that's what this film is saying as well. Very much so. Yeah. So highlighting that in the, and it, it's just a shame that he he becomes what he's trying to kind of put a mirror onto. Mm. But you can say that about a lot of people who try to kind of show, mm. I'm not going to do this for this. Well, even even the title wasn't the original. No. Cannibal Holocaust was not the original title. Nope. He's used that title because he knows the word Holocaust is a sensitive word. We've said yep. it a lot of times on this podcast. We absolutely know what it means or what it represents. But he, again, he did that. That's why the N-word is on so many black exploitation films. It's to get a shock or a reaction yeah, yeah. and go, oh fucking hell, that's that's it's Green Inferno. That's what yeah. the shooting titles, wasn't it? It was exactly, yeah, and that's the documentary with the film within the film, yeah, and and that's what Eli Roth eventually called his film, yeah. and then they tried to rename. I think they rename. I think the second one was called. Well, not there was. There's quite a lot of unofficial sequels to this film as well. So any cannibal film is basically like, oh, it's this one, part two, part three. You know, it's again we've talked about. We've talked about Italian films and how they just fucking sequelize everything, even though it's not a sequel to anything. It's none of them are canon sequels. But um but yeah, it's, it's silly. But it was one of them was known as the Green Inferno, but I think it was also known as Cannibal Holocaust 2. Um again, not haven't seen any of them. This is part of a trilogy as well. Like we were saying, there was um there was uh The Last Cannibal World, this, yep. and then Cut and Run is another one. Another thing is he's still got some work coming out, Ruggiero. There's a video game coming out, which is equally controversial. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, originally, it was I think it was just called Cannibal, and then they renamed it, and it was supposed to come out last year. Or was it the year before? 2021, so two years ago. And there was some small footage of it, very basic footage. He's writing it. He's writing the story. It is the same story as Cannibal Holocaust. It is a follow-up. There was also another Cannibal film he didn't end up making in the 2000s because he was like, I'm going to take it way too far. And maybe maybe he was right. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have made that film, but it never happened for whatever reason. But this video game has been renamed and caused some controversy because they've called it Borneo Cannibal uh, Nightmare or something like that. Borneo something. And all the people from Borneo have gone, um, we're not cannibals. None of us are cannibals. We've never been cannibals. They should call it Yorkshire. 
<laughs> is that going to make the cut? <laughs> we'll find. We'll find out. We'll find out. Fucking hell. Uh, well, there is that film Inbred, isn't there? Which is <laughs> literally there's a film called Inbred, and it's basically a exploitation film. So it's like hillbillies, but it's in the UK, and they're all from Yorkshire. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that is on Amazon Prime. If you want to watch that, that's. Uh, I mean, it's it's a film, um, and <laughs> you it's see, you see. There's a lot of humour to it. I will say that. If I was if if I was to choose between Cannibal Holocaust and Eli Roth's Green Inferno, Cannibal Holocaust would win every time. Yeah, because of true atrocities, somebody trying to copy a movie and absolutely fucks it up as Eli Roth does, and it just turns into the biggest pile of crap ever. Well, that's an atrocity all itself, yeah. isn't it? And and that to me is crapped for a guy who says he absolutely loves the movie and then goes and makes Green Inferno. Yeah. Which is an absolute pile of stinky shit. Can't say I've seen it. I've seen a few cannibal films and we've obviously we've had we had we anything. definitely had some Amer- American cannibal films like Texas Chainsaw for example yeah. or Ooh, Hannibal. Hannibal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah we went we, we go up market. We? Yeah, we that's that's very upmarket cannibalism. <laughs> we're, we're doing cannibalism. It's, it's interesting though. Obviously this is this is not the the funnest film to to watch or to sit I've through. I've noticed we've not laughed once. Not really. <laughs> It's just not like us, really, is it? It's like usually we're, we're having a bit of a joke, but yeah. I, I think these are serious topics. We need to take them seriously. It, it's strange to me that this is so serious because a lot of cannibal films like, you know, Texas Chainsaw 2 or Motel Hell or Blood Diner or Blood Feast, they all have like, or, um, you know, Eating Raul, things like that. Uh, parents, they all have this kind of black humour to them. This kind of like comedy. Mm. Like this is not that. Like even te- even the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre has has humor in it. You know that it, it parts of it are supposed to be quite funny as well. And the second one, he kind of just steers into that. Yeah, yeah. And I still love it. Um, and it's a bit like Gremlins and the Gremlins Two. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's so interesting to see such a darkly serious. And, the, and the, there is humor in it. I will say there is humor in it, but because of the so many atrocities in it, and because the characters you're following are the worst fucking people in but the world. I find the humor really misplaced. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're, we're, instead of like killing, you know, you know, a lot of movies, horror movies, they mm. put they they show something really, really vicious, mm. and then they follow it up with a little bit. of... Yeah, cut the tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not this one. They'll just throw. They'll make a joke or do something very early on, and then they'll do all the atrocities. And he's like, "Well, that would have been nice." Probably here just mm. to kind of break that. Mm. I find I find the humor just misses the mark completely in it. Yeah, um, it's almost like it's an afterthought. I need to lighten the mood. Yeah, that's... You, you, well, I don't know if you can lighten the mood. Well, I think I think the light the, the best bit of lighten the mood is when he's interviewing the um, friends. Yeah, documentary makers. This is before he's seen the role. Yeah, because it's it's a bit weird because he goes he has an interview about the footage he's found without actually having watched the footage, which I think is a bit odd. Like, wouldn't you not... You, I would go straight and look at this footage because I don't know what's on it. And I could be like going, hey, it's great footage. Maybe he just has faith in them. He has a massive... Well, he doesn't know them, though, does he? He has a wonderful like, moustache, and that's believable. <laughs> well, he's the nicest person in the fucking film, for he a is, start. He's he the is, only yeah. like He's the only person who treats the people, the troubled people, kindly, nicely, and respects them. Like, no, those fuckers don't. There's no way. <laughs> so he's interviewing. Every single one of them goes, son of a bitch. Yeah. What did you think of him? 
He's my son, but he's a son of a, a bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah, because that, that that's that's really good though. I like the kind of teasing to what we're gonna see. Yeah. Like I like the when they're following the path and they and the tribal person is showing that they burnt down the hut and they made us go inside and they did and they shot my pig mm. and I like that they do that. Um, again, I don't know how he, how the director made them do these sort of things or what they understood or what they thought was real or who knows. You know, uh, I know that the girl that they pretend to gang rape was fourteen, which again is problematic in itself and <laughs> only slightly. Yeah, <laughs> quite. So it's all very problematic. But again, this is this is the the, the Italian mm. thing. You know, that you know, Argento put his daughter on the stage naked when she was, I think. It was the 14, 15. Okay. Um, and filmed her and it was fine. Yeah. Um, so it, there is this kind of clash of cultures with things. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, like, yeah, like I've, I talked about it before when I was covering some Japanese anime, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really translate over here. No, um, no. Especially um, like legal ages of consent and things. So, But yeah, and he's, he's the nicest character in it. That moustache is amazing. Mm. The dub doesn't work, but he wears his suits well mm. and smokes a pipe. You know what I found interesting as well? Ruggiero didn't know that that actor was a porn star. And he said if he did, he probably wouldn't have cast him. No. And that's like, the least... Like that, that's his moral... Yeah. That's his moral... He's going he's gonna, to... He's going to die on that hill, that moral hill. Yeah, but then he's going to slaughter. Not having he's going to slaughter a very young turtle. Turtles live to like they're a hundred. I'm not having somebody in my film who has done Debbie. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Debbie. It's not. I'm not having it. You know. And can, Debbie did Dallas. So yeah, they can all do, of Dallas. You know, they can slaughter whatever. But if they've done Debbie, that's it. How That's a no-go. How northern did I sound then, but, Debbie? Debbie. Hello. <laughs> My name is Ruggiero De Dato. <laughs> and I'm not having you do Debbie again. Get folks. I do. I went very northern. But... <clears throat> <clears throat> That's Debbie. Your, I mean, I, th- I thought there was a very convincing Italian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie. Debbie. Um, good God. Good God. Um, well, <laughs> I, th- I think we're slowly coming to an end. I don't know what else we could... Is there anything you want to mention? Um, or I, I, I'm going to put myself out there and say I like the movie. Okay. And I'll never recommend it to anybody. Hmm. I will. Like I was talking to my brother on the way over here yeah, today, yeah. and I said he says, is it any good? And I was like, I'm not going to recommend it. Yeah. You know, read up on it. If you want to watch it, watch it. But I, I liked it. I think there's elements in there. And I think it also helps the fact I know... The history and, and stuff around it and sure, things. Sure, yeah. I think that helps. Mm. Um, I think, you know, I don't, don't want to speak of the dead. Mm. I think he's a bit of a cock. Um, I, I, think, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, oh. And there were, I think there were better ways of putting it, this message across, mm. which I think would have found a better audience. Yeah. But I, I kind of like it for what it is. It's a video nasty, which isn't, is it is nasty in places, but. Mm. It comes to something when the most shocking thing in it is the death of animals when there's a woman and a spike. I put my foot on the spike. <laughs> did we say how they did that as well? Yeah, he um, um, put the woman on a bicycle um, seat and then put some bolster wood in her mouth and then just covered all the seams up with blood um, and then filmed it and she just was completely still through the whole thing. And he had, oh, yeah. to, he had to do that in court. I had to show them how, how he did it because they didn't believe it. He just brought her in, just wheeled her in. Wait, well, he brought. There's a, pic, there's a picture of <laughs> it, it where there's some step ladders. Right. And there's um, a woman on, on, sat, 
looked smiling. Yeah, yeah. It's like a normal day. Mm. And um, there's um, a, another He's... lady with this big piece of wood mm. about to kind of put it in her mouth and mm. stuff. And that's what they showed in court to say that, look, I didn't do anything. Look, she's it's fake. It's, it's a all fake. there. Crazy. So, there you go. Crazy. Well, you are not alone, Dennis, in liking this film. Good. Because usually I do feel a bit alone. You are alone. You are not alone. So I asked for some comments, um, and most of them are positive. Mm -hmm. Um, So our friend Paul Meller, so that's at the Meller Geek on Twitter, he says, I haven't seen this one, and not sure I will do. Which is fair enough, Paul. Sit down and watch it with your family. (laughs) Sit your daughter down. A good New Year movie. Maybe on a Sunday (laughs) afternoon. Lovely Sunday afternoon. Tomorrow. Put it on. It's fine. Watch Bambi and then Uh, this. (laughs) It's good. It's such a way to ring in the New Year talking about this. Bambi, this, and Watership Down. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. Um, Paul continues I love horror, but not really this genre. Bless his little cotton socks. Yeah, I can see why. He's Again, a sensitive flower. Yeah, yeah. Eh, it's fine. It's fine. Again, this is when I say this is not for everybody. I mean it. Well, when it was first released with the five minute cut, it was released on a label called Extreme Films. Right. So there you go. And there's several warnings before the film starts, like several. And I, I think when they showed it on Shudder, they even put another warning just to make sure. And all Joe Bob was uh, was like, even Joe Bob was like. We shouldn't be showing this. <laughs> we should not be showing this. We're going to get complaints, and they did get complaints. Do you not think it should be a Christmas Day movie? I mean, maybe Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving maybe. would be really good. Because that's kind like, of yeah, in part, part yeah. of the colonialism aspect. Look at you. See? You know, think who about says you're on that eyebrow? <laughs> yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, uh, Paul still continues. Um, sorry, Paul. Uh Let's see if you persuade me uh, to watch it through this podcast. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. No, uh, I, I, I think, uh, uh, fair enough. Again, fair enough if you don't want to watch it. I absolutely agree. So uh, Damien, uh, our friend who is an artist, and you've been on his podcast. Uh-huh. What is that podcast called, Dennis? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll leave it in the links. I'll leave it in the links. Um, okay. I'm into that. He's omen, a omen to that. Omen omen to, he's to that. a lovely man. He is. He is good. He's a good lad. And you had an excellent podcast on the death of Superman with him. Thank so you. go go check that out. I will leave that link in the show notes as well. So go and check that out. But he says seen it many times, and it's one of my all time favourites. Granted, it's problematic. <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> It's problematic underlined a few I look, times. I look, uh, granted, <laughs> I love that. Granted, it's problematic, but an absolute classic of the genre. I think, yeah, def- yeah. I think that's a fair comment. Fair enough. I, he's a clever man. Him. He's. A, he I've, always, I've always said that. Very about talented him. man. Talented. Talented. Good taste in bubble hats. Good. Good. Good looking man. Great yeah. dog. I like his dog. Yeah. The the only thing I have with those dogs. Is that they're kind of a bit two D? Okay, kind of like the race hound ones. Because when you're looking at them, it's like, well, maybe it's next almost time, like a vanishing point or something. We, next time we take a picture, make it then in three D. There we go. Just like, slightly, slightly move to the right, or sli- slightly move to the left. Sli- slightly move and um, wear your Superman hat. Always, always Continue. wear the Superman hat. Um, so thank you for that, Damien. Again, go check uh, Omen to that the podcast, and uh, yeah, it's good shit. Uh, I highly recommend. And he said some very nice things about uh, my podcast in the past. Uh, And you know what? I'll probably have him on this year. And we're probably going to do an 
another controversial film. He likes controversial things. Oh, shocking. It's really shocking to me. No, it isn't. Um, so Max Byrne, so uh, Maxi Byrne at Maxi Byrne on Twitter. He said, what a film. There you go. That's it. Neither good or bad, that comment. They should use, they should, they should use that on the, on the cover of the <laughs> we'll quote, DVD. Quote it on the new 4K. We'll get your quote. What a film. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not even sure you can call it a film, but we'll go with that. What a film. What yeah. a film. I believe it could be What a film. Or what a film. <laughs> there, was, there was a movie a few years ago that used um, a tagline off one person, mm. and it was um, probably the best movie I've seen this year. So they put that on, but under it says... But I've only seen two. <laughs> but they missed that out Yeah, they've completely. cut that, they've cut that quote. That. So it's very similar. I don't think they can do that anymore. I don't think they're allowed to do that. <laughs> Probably the best movie I've seen this year. But I've only seen two. <laughs> oh. This is probably the best podcast I've done all year. Yeah. I've only done this one. Uh, we're only about an hour into the year or so. I can't remember. Oh, 30 minutes into the year. 30 minutes. So this is your best podcast for the first 30 minutes. Yes. But also, we've got John Hammond, who is doing his own YouTube channel at the moment called Horromantic. So uh, he uh, is doing it, and it's inspired, the title, by when I covered on the VHS Strikes Back, Necromantic, which has some things in common with Cannibal Holocaust. It's it's a wonder that you're as rounded as you are, really, isn't it? Uh, that I'm all right and and yeah. emotionally not stunted. No, excuse me. Um, yeah, <laughs> that might not make the cut. <laughs> Shit. Mentally, mentally um, ill. Yeah, you're problematic, Dennis. Ah, That's what I'll shit. say. I'll say you're fucking problematic. I think, I think you're allowed to use that again, aren't you? I don't think so. Sorry. Dennis is sorry for the words he used. I will say that also Eli Roth used the term, when he was talking about this film, savages, quote-unquote, yeah. which I don't think is very cool he to say. He also called them cannibal savages. Yeah. How, how can he... How, he can't really get away with what, that. Uh, cannibal, and this was a modern, yeah, it's a modern documentary. Yeah, modern documentary. Must, must have been in the last... 20 years. He had an hostel t-shirt on, didn't he? Yeah, so, so I imagine but, it was... But even the last 20 years, calling a tribe, you know, you can't, you can't indigenous... Call can't call him that. No, but then again, I probably can't call him a twat, but I have done. There you go, there you go. Eli Roth, if you're listening, you're a twat. Um, yeah, stop making movies and just talk about them. It's far better. I actually do prefer when he just talks about films. So um, the, his love for films. Anyway, John Hammond. John. Our friend John Hammond. I love Cannibal Holocaust. This movie invented the found footage formula as we know it today. The Blair Witch Project, which uh, those of a younger age seem to think. Uh, this set the standard, and what a standard. I guess it could be hard to enjoy, quotations, this movie. Such is its effect on the horror genre. For those who may not have seen it, it's very difficult to know what you're going into. I think you will now, after we've talked about it. I think it's summing up's good, though, isn't it? Yeah. There are reasons that it was banned, but beneath all that is a very well-made movie. A cult classic that I can see being appreciated more as the years go on. I like him. That's a very good summing up. He's a he's a good lad. That's he's good, a good that. lad. I like that. That was nice, John. I think I think um we what we've said has kind of mirrored that, I yeah. think. And I, you know, nobody in the Blair Witch got arrested. They did not. Or anything not. like that. You know. No, they just got lots of money. Lots of money and snot. <laughs> 
Ming out. Boring. Uh, never seen it actually. I don't. Never you know what? It. I don't like it. Mm. I remember all I'm, the buzz. You know what? I'm not a big fan footage fan. No, I know. I know. I'm, I, I I have issues with it, and one of them's like, why are you standing there still filming and not running away screaming like a girl? Which I would do all the time. If some if a zombie came in and announced like eating you, I wouldn't stand here filming it. I'd be out that window. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. Well, Dennis, we yes, have talked Daniel. about this uh, film for a very long do you, time. Do you like it? You've not said whether you like it yet. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. Okay. That's I think enough. I think it was it was an important film for me to see. It's an important film to be talked about and discussed and and I think historically it's an important film. I I think there's a message in there, but I think it's muddy. I think it's it looks gorgeous uh, when it is gorgeous. I think some of the effects work really well. I think some of the dialogue is good. Some of the acting is good, but I don't know how much acting is going on um to be fair. Um but yeah, it's it's a middle of the road film for me because of because of everything. Yeah. But I I can I can see both sides of the argument. I can see people that fucking despise it. I understand why. People that love it, I understand why. But for me, it it is what it is. But I, I it's not like you said. It's not one I'd recommend. No. But I no. think I'm glad I've seen it. I don't think I will see it ever again. But I think it was an important one, and it's an important one. I think it's a good one for this. Um, this format of the podcast to do first, I think, so we can see kind of <laughs> the next film will hopefully be a little bit nicer. And it's um, Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> what a rough production history uh, that Debbie Does Dallas. Anyway. Chaffins. <laughs> Dennis, you're still not on the social medias, are you? No, I don't. I, I, listen, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm always going to ask you. No, see, I'm always going to ask. I'm thinking this year to go on just mm. to promote you and promote this podcast yeah, and a um, little bit. There's, no, like there's no pressure. There's no um, pressure. Again, like I said, you could just share what I share. Yeah, you, you don't know, have to. You don't have to post. You know anything. my reasons why. Oh, absolutely, so. absolutely, and I, I don't blame you either. I Thank don't blame you. you either. So you can find me on Facebook at Secret Balls, uh, Twitter and Mastodon at Dan underscore Balls, Instagram it's Spider Dan Secret Balls. Review, like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. And don't forget to use the hashtag Prepare for Prattle when you interact with us. And if you want to join the Prattalian and to be briefed in full on the Secret Balls, swing over to Prattle World at spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon. I'm Jack Musing, Simon Cotton, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Scott Hodgson, Mike Burton, Angry Andy, Tonya Todd, and Tony Farina for their continuing donations. It is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning. And if you ever find yourself in a position to help the podcast, please consider it. And Happy New Year, Dennis. Bollocks. And happy new year, listeners. Goodbye. I'm going away and impaling uh, Daniel. So see you later. (laughs) Bye. May old acquaintance be forgot. Bollocks. I'm going to forget you, Dennis. Forget you. (laughs) It's not nice, is it?